keep on working nonstop. Find avenues all the time on how to improve yourself, build more content, build your brand, and always look for opportunities to practice speaking. You know, what I do is I coach a lot of new speakers. I coach speakers on how to become professional speakers. And they often ask me how, well, I want to earn this amount of money. How do I do that? And I tell them, well, you need to build your brand. So one of the ways you do that is through exposure, exposure through social media, exposure mm-hmm. through video, exposure through publications, and to look for opportunities as a new speaker to practice your craft, to get on stage and practice, whether you're speaking for free at a church or to or at a Rotary Club meeting or some type of volunteer program. Just looking for ways all the time to build yourself, to bring credibility to yourself, to practice and to build content. There's, there's a lot of different things to never stop, to never stop and not to be discouraged uh, because it takes quite a while to, you don't, you don't become a successful speaker overnight, that's for sure. It's much like gardening. I'm a gardener at heart. I love to garden. In fact, earlier today, I was gardening outside. The weather's so beautiful. And I, when I plant flowers or plant a seed, I recognize that the first year, it sleeps. The second year, it creeps. The third year, it leaps as a plant. And that's the same thing with speaking. You know, it takes some time to build what you're doing. And after a while, it'll leap out. Welcome to the Inspire Your Audience podcast, where Christian speakers get real advice from other Christian speakers. Here's the host of the show, Jeremy G. Woods. Hi, and welcome to the Inspire Your Audience podcast. This is Jeremy Woods, and I'm here today with Dr. John DeGarmo. And Dr. John DeGarmo is an international expert in parenting and foster care and is a TEDx talk presenter. Dr. John is the founder and director of the Foster Care Institute. He has been a foster parent for 17 years, and he and his wife have had over 60 children come through their home. He is an international consultant to schools, legal firms, and foster care agencies, as well as an empowerment and transformational speaker and trainer for schools, child welfare, businesses, and nonprofit organizations. He is the author of several books, including The Foster Care Survival Guide, and writes for several publications. Dr. John has appeared on CNN, HLN, Good Morning America, and NBC, Fox, CBS, and PBS stations across the nation. He and his wife have received many awards, including the Good Morning America Ultimate Hero Award. You can be contacted at drjohndegarmo at gmail.com, through his Facebook page, Dr. John DeGarmo, or at the Foster Care Institute. Thank you, Dr. John. Thank you for coming to the show, and could you give us a brief introduction? Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, you, you got about right there. I really devoted my life to all things foster care, all things uh, child welfare, really helping children in need. I've had over uh, 60 kids come through my home, as many as 11 at a time, and um, and uh, I really driven every single morning to make the system better for all involved. Thank you. That's very much needed. I guess uh, to begin, maybe uh, giving your testimony would be a, a great thing. Well, I... Uh, you know, I wrote about it in the book, Faith and Foster Care. I, um, my wife and I were both Christians, of course, and our first child died of a condition called anencephaly, or, or some pronounce it anencephaly. It's a condition where the brain or skull never truly form. My wife and I grieved in two different ways. My wife grew closer to God, and instead I really turned my back on God. I was full of anger, really angry. I thought, you know, this is a, the ironic thing. Neither of us had taken drugs or alcohol, yet so many do and have healthy children, and we did not. So it just, uh, I was really in a very dark spot for a while, mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Uh, and then after the birth of a couple more children, um, I really felt a tug at my heart 
and has led me back to Christ. And, and you know, I, people often, in fact, someone asked me this morning, how do you continue to do all that you do? And I said, by the grace of God, you know, I really can't do it without God's grace and God's strength. There, there are some days where I, as a foster parent or uh, just a parent in general, think, you know, I can't, God, I can't keep doing this anymore. I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. I've, I've got children in my home with so much anxiety, so much trauma, and it's wearing me and my wife out. I can't do this. And I leaned heavily on God for that. So how long have you been uh, speaking? Well, let's see. I think I've been speaking now since 2011. So it's been, it's been a few years. Uh, and it's something I, I enjoy. I love it. I've, I've had the opportunity to travel all 50 states within the United States. And I've traveled to several countries uh, to speak as well. And, and I, I really try to deliver the message that uh, not everybody can be a foster parent, but everybody can help in some way. Everybody can help a child in crisis in some way. There are so many children who are being abused in every single community across this globe. Yet so many people refuse to recognize that or, or know how to help. So I try to get that message out there. How can this is happening where you live, maybe within your own family or extended family, and these children need to advocate. These children need someone to fight for, and these children need you. That's my message I try to get across on a global perspective. And it's, uh, it's really been something that I, I have learned so much from as well at the same time. So far, what has been your most memorable speaking engagement? Oh, goodness. Uh, Greece was pretty fun. Uh, I spoke at the International Conference for Children. That was a great experience. I've spoken in front of thousands and thousands uh, in some states. Traveling to Alaska was quite fun. Speaking there, that was my 50th state to visit. You know, I think everyone is enjoyable because there's something different every single time. The audience is always different every time. And I get to had the experience of, of hearing back from the audience afterwards, you know, meeting. I like to meet with the people in the audience afterwards that I've spoken to to listen mm-hmm. to their stories so they can share their concerns and perhaps I can be a bit of support or resource for them. Did you ever sense a clear confirmation from God to speak or was it more circumstances from God that led you to where you are? <laughs> you know, it all led to that, I think. I didn't plan on being a foster parent. I didn't plan on being an adoptive parent. I didn't plan on getting a doctorate in foster care. I didn't plan on writing books. I didn't plan on opening up a residential home for children in need. These are just all things that I think God has called me to do. And he's equipped me through different experiences as my path continues to grow and evolve. So there's no real clear call to go out and speak, but God's hand has clearly been on that. And you have a routine you do before you have a speaking engagement? And what's, if so, what's that routine? Well, let's see. You know, most times I'm, I'm stuck in a, hot, in a hotel somewhere that morning, flying the night before. So I wake up. I have uh, breakfast, of course. I pray, read scripture, and then I head off to my speaking engagement. And usually right before I hit the stage, I take a few quiet moments thanking God for the opportunity and asking him to speak through me so I can touch the hearts of those in the audience. What's your favorite Bible verse and why? Matthew twenty-five thirty-five says, For I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was hungry. You gave me clothing. For me, that refers to the children. There's so many children who need someone. So when these children come to our homes as foster parents, um, they are hungry. They are needy. They only have the clothes in their back so many times. Mm-hmm. So that, that verse speaks to me. Also, all things, uh, all things are possible with Christ is one that I rely upon heavily as well. Which person from the Bible other than Jesus do you most like or relate with? I love Paul. Paul the, the, um, in the New Testament, Paul, who was one Saul. It shows me, you know, he was, a, he was a bad guy. He did a lot of bad things before he turned his life over to Christ. You know, his mm-hmm. job was to hunt down Christians and kill them. And he, he was one of the worst characters you could ever meet. At the same time, he became the uh, person who wrote much of the New Testament. 
and his writings are so rich. And as a writer myself, I love to read his writings. Uh, and it shows me that it doesn't matter how much you've sinned as a person, God can still forgive you and do mighty things through you and in you if you accept him and give your life to him. I really love Paul. Fascinating person. Looking back, what is the biggest impact you've seen God have in your life? My marriage, most likely. She's from Australia. I'm from America. And there were several things that had to take place for the two of us to meet. And if I was not married to her, I can't imagine that I would have adopted three children. I can't imagine I would have become a foster parent. I can't imagine that I'd be speaking as it is now or, or pursuing other dreams of mine. She's just the perfect complement to me in so many ways in that she just provides so much strength, so much wisdom, so much guidance, so much support. Uh, and she's a great deal of fun as well. So that's, you know, I look back on that and I think, wow, I really, really was blessed in that aspect. Mm-hmm. And then I can look back, you know, other things and think, wow, God's hand was surely in this, the adoption of these children, the residential home for boys that my wife and I founded is right now is doing so well, despite some obstacles that we faced earlier on. So uh, just so many things. God is good all day long. What's been your biggest challenge as a speaker? And how did you overcome that challenge? Biggest challenge as a speaker would be, well, you know, right now, as we speak, uh, I'm having like so many speakers our conferences we're speaking at are being canceled right now due to the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So that's been a challenge. So how do you adapt to that? You know, if we're yeah. going doing conferences online, speaking online. Mm-hmm. But perhaps in the beginning, it was building up enough content to bring credibility to myself mm-hmm. and finding the avenues to speak. Now people come to me. But originally, it was me reaching out to organizations and asking if they were interested in having me as a speaker. What, what do you do to overcome it? Is there anything specific you can think of? I put the uh, the nose of the grind, so to speak. Uh, you know, I did a lot of work, a lot of legwork, mm-hmm. a lot of reaching out, a lot of emails, a lot of phone calls. Um, I wrote a great deal in my first few years, lots of articles and magazines, lots of interviews. And I still do that, not to the extent I used to, because I'm just busier doing other things now at the yeah. Foster Care Institute. But it was creating a business. You know, I, I run the Foster Care Institute. It was, it was creating that organization and bringing awareness to it. But it's a passion of mine. And besides the Bible, what is your favorite book? Well, you know, I, I love to read. I don't have a favorite book. I read constantly and I'm always reading different genres, whether it's fantasy, whether it's science fiction, whether it is books about the Bible or about Bible characters, whether it is books to strengthen myself as a speaker. You know, going back as a kid in the 1970s, 80s, I was a voracious reader. I loved reading comic books, loved comic books. You know, right now the Avengers movies are all the, all the flash right now. Um, but as a kid, I grew up reading those. And as I'm in my 50s now, I find that I've, <laughs> I've gone back and I've bought a lot of those in collections. And for me, they're escapism. People often ask me, hey, Dr. John, you need to read this book on child abuse or, or foster care or, or this really sad story that touched my heart or you need to watch this movie. And I tell them, thank you. But the truth is, I don't want to read that stuff in my free time because I'm always so engrossed in it mm-hmm. as, a, as a lifestyle and it's a business, both. So when I do read, I read to escape. I read for a little bit of escapism so I can escape the horror stories that my wife and I are surrounded by with these, you know, as we care for these children. What's your most impactful childhood memory? I sang in a boy choir 
from fourth grade to about almost ninth grade. And we had some, this is a professional boy choir that traveled the nation, won several awards, did a few records called the Battle Creek Boy Choir. And, um, you know, performing with them gave me a love of performance and of singing. And if it wasn't for singing, I would have never have met my wife, where we traveled with an international performing group called Up With People. That's how I met her and people from across the globe. So, you know, that experience, those four years with the Battle Creek Boy Choir have led me to down a path that if it wasn't for that, I never would have been performing, which, you know, speaking to me is a type of performing. Because when I'm on stage speaking to people, I'm a storyteller. So I'm telling stories. I love to get the audience to laugh. I also love to get the, the audience to cry because I want to open up their heart to things that they've never considered and open up their eyes to things that are happening around them because I believe awareness equals advocacy. So when my audience becomes aware of some of the things that are happening around them, the children, hopefully they'll become an advocate in some way for these children. What advice do you have for Christian speakers? To keep on working nonstop, to find avenues all the time on how to improve yourself, to build more content, to build your brand, and to always look for opportunities to practice speaking. You know, what I do is I coach a lot of new speakers. I coach speakers on how to become professional speakers. And they often ask me how, well, I want to earn this amount of money. How do I do that? And I tell them, well, you need to build your brand. So one of the ways you do that is through exposure, exposure through social media, exposure mm-hmm. through video, exposure through publications, and to look for opportunities as a new speaker to practice your craft, to get on stage and practice, whether you're speaking for free at a church or to or at a Rotary Club meeting, or some type of volunteer program. Just looking for ways all the time to build yourself, to bring credibility to yourself, to practice, and to build content. There's, there's a lot of different things. To never stop, to never stop, and not to be discouraged, uh, because it takes quite a while to, you don't, you don't become a successful speaker overnight, that's for sure. It's much like gardening. I'm a gardener at heart. I love to garden. In fact, earlier today, I was gardening outside. The weather's so beautiful. And I, when I plant flowers or plant a seed, I recognize that the first year, it sleeps. The second year, it creeps. The third year, it leaps as a plant. And that's the same thing with speaking. You know, it takes some time to build what you're doing. And after a while, it'll leap out. Mm-hmm. And especially now is a good time as the world is coming to a slow stop right now as a uh, coronavirus has come and it would be actually a, a good time for people to be doing that right right true a lot of There's, opportunity right now to build content right, right. especially in m videos as well sure on, online on social media so thank you dr john thank you for coming on the podcast and for my pleasure thank you for the opportunity thank you for tuning in to the inspire your audience podcast if you're a first-time listener be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening to this from or if you're tuning in on youtube be sure to subscribe to this channel Also, please share this podcast episode with Christian speakers that you know. If you're a Christian speaker and want to be interviewed as a guest on this show, you can fill out our scheduler at inspireyouraudience.com slash podcast. If you're a Christian speaker and would like the platform audit, visit inspireyouraudience.com slash start dash here. We offer four packages for Christian speakers to help them build their platform. The book, Inspire Your Audience, The Ultimate Guide to Building Your Speaking Platform, will be coming soon. We also have started a small but growing community for Christian speakers. To learn more, please visit inspireyouraudience.com community. Also, if you're still listening and can help with the project my wife and I have started, please do so. 
are raising money for three children's homes to be built by 2023 and that will house a total of 18 abandoned children. Our nonprofit, Potter Sauce Ministries, is based in Romania in my wife's hometown. To learn more about how you and your church can help, please visit www.pottershouseministries.org. Thank you for your support.